Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jason Branson. Deuteronomy chapter 6, we're going to read verses 1 through 5 of Deuteronomy 6. Now this is the commandment and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all of his statutes and his commandments which I command you, you and your son and your grandson all the days of your life, and that all your days may be prolonged. Therefore hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord your God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Shout one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. If you'll turn to the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark, chapter 12. The gospel of Mark, chapter 12. I'm going to begin reading in verse 28. Mark 12, verse 28 begins, Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving all that he, Jesus, had answered them well, perceiving that he, Jesus, had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Shout one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So the scribe said to him, well said, teacher, you have spoken here the truth. For there is one God, everybody say one, and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding, with all the soul and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor. Everybody say one. As oneself. Everybody say one. Is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now when Jesus saw that he answered him wisely, he said to him, you are not very far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared question him. If you'll turn to the book of John chapter 17. Before you do that, look at your neighbor and say, he said he had lots of scripture. John 17, this is what is referred to as the high priestly prayer of Jesus. John chapter 17, beginning in verse 20, Jesus says this, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one. Everybody say one. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one, everybody say one, One. in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one, everybody say one, One. just as we are one, everybody say one, One. in them, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfect in one, everybody say one. one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved me as I have loved you. If you'll turn with me now to the book of Acts chapter 2. We're in the short rows now. Acts chapter 2 beginning in verse 1, when the day of Pentecost 
had fully come, they were all with one accord, everybody say one, and in one place, everybody say one, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one, everybody say one, sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Turn over just a couple pages, if your Bible's like mine, to the book of Acts chapter 4. We're going to begin reading in verse 23 of Acts chapter 4. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So that when they heard that, they raised their voices to God with one accord. Everybody say one. And said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the mouth of your servant David has said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The king of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now Lord look on their threats and grant to your servants that they may with all boldness speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that by signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart if I say one and one soul if I say one neither did they say any of the things that they possessed was his own but they had all things in common father in the name of Jesus I'm asking almighty God that your presence Lord would rest in this house you have come and met with us today, Lord, and we ask, we ask, oh Lord, that you wouldn't leave us now. But Lord, along with your presence, let such a glory fill this place, Lord, that the weight of God would lean against everything unlike you and lean with everything like you, God. Rise up and let your enemies be scattered and let everything that hates you flee from before your face. And I ask that you would anoint your servant to preach your word in might and in power and anoint us all to hear, God, and when we have heard, we promise this, that we will not be hearers of your word alone, but we will be doers of your word as well. And everybody who believes in this prayer, say in Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm preaching a message today called Indivisible, One Body in One Accord. We have been preaching here in this house as God released over this house through the word of his prophet and over uh, through the word of the, of the pastor of this house, his servant, as he released over this house that the, the, the initiative for this house, the, the plan of God for this house is for us to be in one mind, one spirit, one body, one accord. So we have been preaching that and God has added his blessing to that. But I want to talk to you today about something that the Lord has been ministering to my heart. Actually, he's been ministering to it, uh, this to me for some time. But I did not realize, I wasn't able to put all the pieces together until pretty much the middle of the night last night. I got here early this morning when Mr. Mike and I, I told him, I said, Mr. Mike, I'm telling you, I was in the night fight last night. He said, me too, Pastor. I don't know what we were fighting, but we were fighting together. 
And somewhere in the middle of the night fight last night, God began to put some pieces together, some things together. And I want you to see this because I didn't even plan to put this first part in there, but God began to remind me of it, something that he had been ministering into my spirit. See, I need you to know this, that over the ages, the enemy of our souls has employed a very simple but very effective strategy against the body of Christ, the church of the living God. I say this all the time that the devil's playbook is very, very thin. He's not creative. He's not creative. God is creative. Our father is creative. He's not very creative. His playbook is very tiny, but it's very effective because he has used it with great effect on each one of us at some point in our lives in here. And this is one of the strategies that is found in that very thin playbook. I want you to see what I'm talking about, and I believe you're going to begin to identify with this as the Spirit of the Lord begins to reveal this to us. The first thing that the enemy does in his strategy is he separates us. Oh, that, I'm telling you, I'm just going to let that one marinate just a minute because that word hit this atmosphere and everybody was like, oh, boy. See, this is what he does. If the devil can just get you alone, mm, I'm preaching good now. If he can just get you alone, if he can crowd out the voices of spiritual influence and love in your life, if he can get you away from the love of the ecclesia, the church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, if he can separate you from accountability and responsibility. If he can just get you away from everybody. I bet you have noticed, I, bet, I, I believe it's probably coming back to you now, every time that you've managed to slip, 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 it first started with you separating. Just getting away from things. I need some time to breathe. I just need some time to figure it out. I need some time to be alone. I need some time to just step back from some things. I need to just get back where I can just, just evaluate things where we just get separated. That's the first tactic of the enemy. The first tactic of the enemy is to separate us. But then he moves on from there, Vern, because the next thing that the enemy loves to do is after he has separated us effectively, then he loves to isolate us. Oh, man, he can't start out isolating us because if he started out isolating us, we'd know exactly what the strategy was. We, because somebody would somebody'd be able to speak into our lives. The love of Christ through the love of his body would begin to minister to us. And we'd realize, no, we don't need to be isolated. We don't need to be apart like this. But when he separates us, he gives us a great excuse. We haven't backslidden. But then he isolates this is the part where his voice begins to get louder and louder and more persistent and more persistent. He makes you believe that you need to stay alone until you can get everything figured out. 
All you are is a drag on that ministry, a drag on that friend group, a drag on that marriage, a drag on all these things. So listen, what you need to do is you need to get alone and figure this thing out. Everybody's moving at a pace that you can't move. So what you need to do is you need to stay here until you can get past depression, until you can get past anger, until you can get past anxiety, until you can get past lust, until you can get past the problems that you have in your life. The problem is, is that when he's there, he just ministers and ministers and ministers and ministers you don't start out isolation thinking that you're going to be apart from everybody you just get isolated and you say I'm going to get back to it but only when I have it all together you don't want to be a a drag on everything it's just better now for me to be alone I can worship God with the live stream I can I can stay away from this I can just be alone with my prayers and with my Bible reading that would work if it was what you were doing Hmm. that's good preaching right there I don't care I don't care what the devil says. That's good preaching right there. So he first he separates me, then he isolates me. And then the next thing that he does is why he has me isolated. That's when he discourages me. Right here is when he begins to lose his subtlety. He's, he was clever at the first, but now he's not clever anymore. Now he gets loud with no other voices in our lives. Now he can repeat lie after lie and chip away at us. First, he convinces you that nobody wants you. Nobody loves you. Nobody needs you. Nobody wants you around. Oh, he reminds you of all the people who didn't reach out to you. He reminds you how long it took for people to reach out to you. Then he begins to say, what in the world is their motive for reaching out to me right now? Discouraging. Maybe you're just always going to be like this. Maybe you just can't shake depression. Maybe you just can't shake this issue, whatever it is. But see, he's not done here. See, he separates us, then he isolates us, then he discourages us. And then to his ultimate, the magnum opus of this work, his supreme job in this world, then he divides us. With the body now effectively separated, isolated, and discouraged, he works his full strategy to cause complete division. Here's where he reminds you of the limited number of things you don't have in common with the people of God. That's good preaching right there. He lays before you just as slick a trick as he's ever done. Pride and jealousy and envy and hate. You don't need them. You don't need those people. You don't need those hypocrites. If everybody else who was listening to them sing or listening to them preach or listening to them teach knew everything that I knew about them. This is the part where he gets us. 
Pastor Timothy, this is the part. This is the part. This is the part where I believe that all of hell rejoices. That even inside, when you hear bad news about the church, something. When you hear that other people left. When you hear there's issues with this person or issues with that person. But this is the part. This is the part where he becomes so brazen because then this is the part where he gets you to start a phone ministry so you can get that going. Y'all know what I mean by phone ministry, right? Listen, I'm just calling you because I know this is something that you're going to want to pray about. You know, I'm every bit as anointed as all this and that. I don't know where he gets off, where she gets off, where this gets off. I mean, I'm just telling you, I think it's one of those things. I saw, I, I just slipped, and I'm only telling you this because I know that you're a prayer warrior. It's the part where he gets you a little bless your heart text. And then you take everything somebody sent you and you start forwarding it to somebody else. Look at this mess that they got at this church. I told you that marriage wasn't that solid. Phone ministry. Phone ministry. You know what I'm talking about, a phone ministry. Little phone ministry. Your little phone ministry where you, where, you keep everybody, where you keep everybody on the thing and you're looking through all their stuff. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose you found out who somebody's pregnant. That right there is good preaching. I don't care what you say. Listen, I've been in this thing all my little life. You want to stir up a controversy, you just start talking about who's, who's all pregnant. Phone ministry. Phone ministry. See, I need you to understand that the ultimate goal of Satan is to divide the church of the living God. Let me help you understand why his goal is to divide the church of the living God. If he can divide us, he can cause the body to fight against itself. See, let me, let me show you what I'm talking about. See, when, when the battle against our own selves, we, when we win the fight, we lose. When we battle in the body, we win the fight, we lose. Let me give you a great example of this. If my right arm and my left arm had a knife fight today and my right arm won over my left arm, guess who lost? Me! And if he can get the body fighting against itself, if he can get us wounding each other, if he can get us killing each other, if he can get us stomping on each other, he can divide the church and he can divide the blessing. Psalm 133. Behold how good and how blessed it is for brothers to dwell in unity. 
It's like the precious oil upon the head running down the beard, the beard of Aaron running down to the edge of his garments. Watch, watch. It is like the dew of Hermon descending the mountains. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. In unity, God commands the blessing. Oh, listen, I know that that hit about a third of y'all. So let me, let me wait for the other third of y'all to catch up. See, it is in unity that God says to the blessing, yeah, I need you to go down there to 751 Dean Patrick Road this morning. They're all blessing me with one mind and one heart and one spirit. I'm going to come and just sit down in the middle of their praises this morning and I'm going to take care of the things that are going on in their lives. It's there that the Lord commands the blessing, even life forevermore. See, Satan wants to divide us so he can kill the church of the living God. Oh, that's good preaching. Let me move on. If Satan can divide the church, he can make our worship empty and schizophrenic. Do y'all remember in Elijah's time? That the Bible said this, that the people went whoring after other gods and they served the Baals, the Baals, the Baals, the Baals. Sometimes they refer to them in some of your translations, they refer to them as Baalim. That I am is a plural in Hebrew. The Baalim. What happened? Everybody began to worship whatever God indulged them. You remember? You remember that, that Elijah had the showdown on the top of Carmel? He said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring together the 450 prophets of Baal, the 200 prophets of Asherah, somewhere in that number. Might have been 250 and 200. I'm not exactly sure, but right in there. You call out to your God. And the God that answers by fire, let him be God. Do you remember what the Bible says? The Bible says that they they began to to dance around and then then they began to cut themselves so they could bleed out on the altar. They, They danced and they danced and they danced for hours and hours and hours. And this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, but no one heard. No one answered. No one responded. Why is that? Oh, the book of Psalms tells us. The book of Psalms and and, and Psalm 115 says this, but our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold. The work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Noses they have, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not handle. Feet they have, but they do not walk. Nor do they mutter through their throat. Watch, watch. Those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in them. Psalm 135, the idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Nor is there any breath in their mouths. Those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in them. Have you noticed that every time you chased after your indulgences, chased after your own appetite, chased after every other God, that your life came up empty? 
That's you worship the person, you worship the place, you worship the job, you worship the money, you worship this, and you worship that. And all of a sudden, one day you called on him and nobody answered. Why? Because your worship was schizophrenic. You worshiped here and you worshiped there and you worshiped here and you worshiped there. I worship this, I worship that, I worship this, I worship that. And in the end, all you're worshiping is your own belly. When we begin to serve the bales of emptiness of our own desires and indulgences, we will become mastered by the lifeless, empty, unhearing, non-responding gods we have built for ourselves. If Satan can divide the church, he can pick us off one by one. Now, I know you weren't expecting when you came to church today to hear one of Aesop's fables. <laughs> but Aesop has a fable called the four oxen and the lion. Let me read it for you. A lion used to prowl about a field in which four oxen used to dwell. Many a time he tried to attack them, but whenever he came, they turned their tails one to another so that whichever way he approached them, he was met by the horns of one of them. At last, however, they fell a quarreling among themselves and each went off to pasture alone in a separate corner of the field. The lion attacked them one by one and soon made an end of all four. United we stand, divided we fall. See, this is the strategy of the enemy. Pastor Timothy, I wish I hadn't seen it all my life, but I have. I've watched, I've watched when he's taken men of God and women of God and he pulled them out and he, and he separated. I'm not talking about a season of separation so that the Lord can put that prophetic word in you. I'm talking about, a, I'm talking about separating, getting apart, and all of a sudden right away that, that, that isolation, that discouragement, that division starts to set in. And I watch people who have, who have worked together and seen the kingdom push forward, be devoured in their separate quarreling little fields. Maybe it's happened to you. Maybe that's what happened to you. That one day I had a little gripe with this person. I didn't like how this went. I didn't care for how that went. And I just decided that the best thing to do was just to remove myself from this. And, but then I removed myself. And then all of a sudden I isolated myself. I began to drop out of everything because it turns out that when you quit one thing, it's oh so easy to quit something else. And then when I quit that thing, I get alone and I begin to get discouraged and I, I'm away from the body and I'm struggling. And then I don't want to get back in because I've thought about and talked about and everything else. So finally, I just decide that it's not for me. and I get alone, and that's when the enemy just decides. Now I have picked off your ministry. I've picked off your marriage. I've 
picked off your job. I picked off everything about you. Oh, but when Satan can't divide us. See, when he can't separate us, he can't get me away from you, and he can't get you away from me. I'm telling you, this I've told people before in my life, if you're going to leave this thing, you got to crawl over me to get out of there. That's the way life's going to be with me and you. You have messed around and made friends with the wrong person because if you choose to leave, you're going to have to crawl over the top of this brother to get out. When he can't separate us, he can't get me away from you, and he can't get you away from me. When he can't isolate us, we don't run from each other. But we run to each other. Then we run to the Father together. Oh, when I can come to you and say, I've been harboring something in my heart against you. And we can go and we can just, we can forgive each other. And then we can pray for each other. And all of a sudden, there we are. When he can't discourage just because one part of the body is down. The, the, when, when one part of the body is down, the rest of the body begins to run to it to encourage itself in the Lord. When we find out something's going, going wrong, something's, something's awry in somebody's life, then we can run together and we can say, hey, listen, I don't know what's happening in your life because this is the way it always goes. This is the way it always goes. Just so y'all know, this is the way it always goes. We come to you and we say, what's the matter? And what's everybody's response? Nothing. But when we're the body, we don't take that. When we're the body, we look at each other and we say, that's not right. You tell me what's going on. You tell me what's happening. This is what we're here for. I can see it all over you. I can see how you're wearing it. I can see how it is. And let me tell you something. If this is too big for you to take down, oh, you brace yourself. Because now me and you are here together. See, when the enemy can't divide us, his kingdom is doomed. Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 16, verses 18 and 19. And also I say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The church united is unstoppable. Let me tell you where this started for me. We end today where it started for me. In 1 Chronicles chapter 11, we get the account of David's mighty men. Y'all have read that again and again and again. There's one particular one in there that, that I was just reminded of. As a matter of fact, I couldn't even remember his name, Mr. Mike. I remembered his exploit, but I couldn't remember his name. So I had to look at it. In 1 Chronicles chapter 11, there's a, there's a guy there. As a matter of fact, his name is, is Eliezer, the son of Dodo. He's the Ahoyt. He was one of the three mighty men. And one day he was with David in a place called Postamim. 
The Philistines had gathered there. They were surrounding them. And as a matter of fact, there were so many Philistines and the force was so brutal that the people fled. They ran away. Leaving David and Eliezer alone. Just the two of them. David and Eliezer find themselves in the middle of a field of barley. And the Bible says, The I'm telling you, I love this Eliezer. I love this brother. The Bible says that they position themselves in the field to defend it. See, let me tell you what's going on here is because the Philistines, part of their, their campaign was a terror campaign. They would go through and from the beginning of time, they would go through and they would wait till just about everything got to the harvest. And when they would come and everything was just about to the harvest time, then they would attack and they would kill the harvest. I may not kill you today, but I'll kill everything you have tomorrow. How are you gonna fight when you got nothing to eat? How are you gonna feed those children when you have nothing? They would come in just as the harvest was about to come in and they would tear up the harvest. My God, how many times have we seen it on the cusp of revival that the enemy's been able to come in and rip the harvest out of the ground. But David and Eliezer said, not today. The Bible says they station themselves in the middle of the field. This is what I'm this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm thinking's happened. That there's this open field, and David and this brother are standing back to back in the middle of this field. Prancing. Waiting. Ah double dog dare you to come and take my harvest now. I double dog dare you to come get this field of barley. I double dog dare you to take away what belongs to me. The Philistines look at two lone men in the middle of a field and they begin to converge on them. But something happens. Come here, Vern. Something happens. Something happens. They say, here's what we're going to do. What we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to isolate them and we'll be able to cut them down. So he'd turn around for me. So these brothers, they get in there and they say, all right, here's how it's going to be. We're going to stay just like this. And if I move this way, then you move this way. And if I move this way, then you move this way. And I'm going to watch your back and you're going to watch my back. And we're going to make sure that we cut this enemy down in the middle of this whole thing. So as long as you feel me back here, you know the battle's not lost. As long as you feel me with you, you know that the enemy hasn't prevailed. As long as we stay together, they're not going to tear up our harvest. Come here, Pastor Luke. So when they come to tear this ministry up, turn around for me. They come to tear this ministry up. 
they come to steal the harvest of our students. All of a sudden, here we are now, back to back. You ain't fighting this thing by yourself, brother. Here we are. We're looking out here. We're looking out here. And we're looking out here. They can't do it. Come here, Chance. Come here, Chance. side when they try to divide our family when they try to tear the family apart when they try to come in and sow seeds of discord and sow seeds of destruction when they try when they try here we are back to back defending the harvest brother Antoine where are you brother Antoine come here I got your back. Chance, I got your back. Pastor Luke, I got your back. Vern, I got your back. Antoine, I got your back. Little, I got your back. Molly, I got your back. Brandon, I got your back. Mike, I got your back. Pastor Timothy, I got your back. Timothy, I got your back. Taylor, I got your back. Tori, I got your back. by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.